shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. We have our first. You, I think you are our first French Canadian shit show on on the on the on the shit show Saturday. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you. I'm honored. So are you just like over there, just having a maple syrup bath, eating poutine, watching reruns of hockey, or what? That's my self care routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, you mentioned maple syrup. My neighbor actually. Um, saved a bunch of maple trees and he makes maple syrup every year so I get to reap some of the benefits now I'm gonna have somebody like write me a message about how culturally insensitive I am and you know (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's funny I love it (laughs) yeah I'm joking I'm an equal opportunity offender right it's okay then (laughs) I just make fun of everybody including myself so that counts yeah the my friend that I was telling you about that was from um Quebec she her grandma had one and they called it, I don't know if this is something that everybody does or they just called it, but do they call them sugar shacks? Have you heard that term before? Yes. And I've been to a sugar shack. Um, I used to go skiing on March break as a kid and they usually have like one up on the mountain. So it's just like a little tiny shack. And then um, they pour the hot maple syrup over, um, over snow and you kind of just roll it, roll it up on a stick and eat it like that. Yeah. I think that she, they would like have like, I think people could come and have like dinner parties there or whatever. And just like every dish would include the maple syrup in some way, I think is what it was. So. Oh gosh, it's (laughs) making me sick. Just thinking about all that sugar. Sugary. Yeah. Okay. So give me your song girl. Okay. So, um, I'm a 39 year old shit show. Mm -hmm. No, no, your song, your song, your song. Oh, my song. I thought about this and today I think it'll be Natural by Imagine Dragon. Um, carbohydrate. Uh, I really like poutine. Of course you do. <laughs> I, like, I like gravy, um, but like a plain Lay's chip or like a plain mm-hmm. Ruffles. Mm-hmm. I really like salty food. Nice. Good choices there. Um cheese cheese curd are you gonna say cheese curd I mean it's high up there on the list but um (laughs) I usually just buy I like I buy old cheddar Uh um it's just the most common one but I really like old cheddar what's old cheddar like moldy it's no 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 like Like aged aged. you mean aged old cheddar (laughs) old cheddar I'm gonna blame my Frenchness on that one Okay, that's your nickname now. You're the old cheddar. Um, okay, <laughs> old cheddar girl. Uh, condiment. Um, used to be ketchup on everything, but uh, now I would say mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. What kind yeah. of mayonnaise are they selling up there? Are you getting Hellman's? What are they Hellman's? Got? What's the brand? No, Hellman's is the most popular one, but um, because I'm a Costco person, um, I, buy, I buy the Kirkland. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I've never tried that, but I have a feeling that it's probably not good. I don't know if it's like at craft level, but we won't judge you yeah. as much as Abby. I mean, it's the price is right and tastes so similar. <laughs> um, yeah. My, uh, I have a weird story about mayonnaise um, because I work out a lot. I do CrossFit and weightlifting. To hit my macros, I would buy the canned chicken from Costco uh-huh. There's like almost there's like 80 grams of protein in it, and just uh-huh. I would scoop like mayonnaise in there, and that would be my lunch. 
Oh, that's okay. That sounds pretty yeah, good. It sounds disgusting, but actually, that chicken salad. You know. Not really. Yeah. I think no. Yeah. There's there's worse. <laughs> okay. So when did you find out that you were an adult child, and how? Um, it was during the pandemic year, so it was 2020, mm-hmm. and. I had this very codependent trauma bond with um, another person. Like a partner, a friend, a random person? A friend, a friend. It was a younger guy and he has huge, huge, huge issues. Of course, he's like a narcissist. Of course. And um, his, his, like, um, his mom is, uh, died of alcoholism and um, uh, mm. when you don't eat. Anorexia? Anorexia, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a very rough childhood, was beat up by his grandparents and stuff like that. And he anyway, so that's that's his story. But um it was just like my I had no boundaries. So I would just invite himself over to our house like every weekend. So we would just do mm-hmm. it would just be he I think his plan was to uh move in with us. So we would kind of be his new set of parents and take care of him. So it just kind of invaded my life and I got into therapy. And that's when I looked up codependency and that's where I found your podcast. It was very, yeah. Prior to that, did you have any exposure to like the 12 steps or anything? Not at all. There's no ACAs around here. And the only 12 steps I kind of knew about was like AA. And I've never put myself. You had heard of it. Yeah, no, no. But I started ACA um, since joining the podcast. Nice. What, um, when you look at the laundry list, like what, which trade do you relate to the most? Um, I'd have to look it up because, um, isolated and afraid of people, um, not necessarily authority figures, but I guess, um, older people, even people around my age, um, for some reason, approval seekers, uh, lost identity, that fits me to a T guilt feelings when we stand up for ourselves I could see addicted to excitement um I see that in my mom too Mm. um stuffed our feelings from gosh I don't think my childhood is that that traumatic but I mean everybody I guess goes through trauma I know I'm not over that acceptance um but I've always had a hard time expressing my feelings and I still do. And I'm still learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the biggest ones. I think it's this, I think it's the subtle forms that really can fuck the people up the most because we just think, eh, wasn't that bad? Yeah, I know. Cause, oh, well, you know, um, some people have it way worse and it's way easier to see. And yeah. Yeah. And I don't like, like I, I love my family and I don't, I feel like it's almost putting blame on them, but it's just mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. way they've learned how to cope with life. And, you know, life doesn't come with an instruction book, does it? <laughs> no. And I think, I think I discussed, I think it was with my interview with Laura this week where we talked about how that really is an aspect. That's like a form of fawning when we don't want to talk about our, you know, like, because we don't want to place blame or, we're afraid of upsetting them by not talking about like what our experience was and how that really is a form of people pleasing or putting, yeah. put, putting the comfort of another above our own. Yeah. And I find great comfort when I can um, 
put all my uh, energy into somebody else and, you know, I can take care of that person or try to fix someone um, mm-hmm. like another ACA, another, yeah. Because so then, then you don't, don't think about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's too, it's too hard because you end up feeling the feelings and who wants to do that? It hurts. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So let's talk about your upbringing. When, when did you have a realization that like, okay, this was not so normal? Yeah. It took me a very long time to figure out because I've always gone through these cycles of codependency with like different friends or different relationships and stuff like that. So I, and I, I always knew that it wasn't a hundred percent standard to be raised by a young single mom type of thing. Right. So I always knew that, but I didn't really know how much it affected me probably since I kind of snapped into realizing I was so codependent back in 2020. Okay. So tell me about your childhood. So I would say it starts um, before I was even born. So my poor mom, 17, pregnant. Um, Mm. I think my dad is like two or three years older. So my mom was in high school. And she hid her, her pregnancy until she was five months pregnant. So her all of a sudden, her mom was like, are you pregnant? And then all she did was like run into her room, stormed off crying, I guess. Um, she, she used to borrow her bigger sister's clothes and stuff. So I can just imagine, like my, my grandmother was um, very, she was a strict Catholic. Like she really believed, you know, you should get married before having kids. And just imagine having her youngest daughter get pregnant mm-hmm. um it's not a good look in the mm-hmm. catholic community so mm-hmm. that's how my childhood started so i was um raised in uh my grandparents home um with my mom and her sister until i was eight and then i was able to get my own room because my aunt moved out wow. um yeah yeah so that's how how i, I love I love my grandfather so much. Like my first memory was when he's reading the newspaper and now I go be behind the newspaper and kind of flick it to get his attention. And he would just like, he wouldn't get mad. He would actually play with me and like hug me and just kind of tease me like that. And I just remember so many good, I, oh, that was a really, really good um, memory. Um, I actually got a tattoo for him. It's a paper boat since he was a fisherman. That's the newspaper kind of memory of him. Do you remember learning that, um, like about that, like about how your mom was so young when she got pregnant with you? And do you remember like being told that? No, I don't even remember. I like, I don't have like a, oh my gosh, you were that young type of thing. Um, I remember growing up that people always thought I was her younger sister. Wow. Wow. That's so young. Yeah. And she, so she ended up, of course, after four months, she went to um, high school again to finish her grade 12. Wow. Yeah. And did she still have friends? Like, do you know how that impacted her? I know that she had a couple of good friends. There's actually another friend of hers that was pregnant at the same time. Really? Um, Yeah. I'm not. Yeah same age and uh, I remember well there's a baby picture of me and the other kids just kind of sitting on the couch so yeah yeah but I don't think like my mom had that many friends right Uh because she's kind of a recluse sometimes even now so was your dad ever in the picture 
funny thing is my grandmother initially wanted my dad completely out of the picture and he had to kind of fight to even come and visit me wow so he moved um in another small town about an hour and a half away and would come once a month um but I didn't know that he was my dad I just thought he was just this nice man coming to visit me and taking me out for lunch yeah yeah I remember in um was in the school bus I was mm, maybe seven years old or six years old not less than seven and uh the kids were teasing me and were like do you know who your dad is and I was like uh I'm not sure and they would all laugh so later that day I asked my mom like who's my dad she ended up saying well you have lots of dads you have your uncle Dan your uncle Bob and you have you know her boyfriend at the time and she never even mentioned my my real dad's name like anyway my dad is the sweetest guy um you have a relationship with him uh very distant like I know he's my dad and he's a very good person and he cares about me so yeah yeah I just think about like your mom like I wonder I don't know like would she have gone to did she go to college or what did she do after she graduated high school so she was very determined in getting a career So she was a bit different than her siblings where she didn't necessarily want to find a man and marry him and just, you know, have babies. Maybe she did, but that's not what she ended up doing. So she went to the university. We have a French university back home. So she went there and she found um, a a federal government job as a radio operator. Uh And then after a few years became a fishery officer and she actually was like a supervisor and uh, built a a very good career for herself. Wow. And then did you live with your parents? Did you live with your grandparents your whole childhood? So my grandfather died when I was six. So that was very traumatizing for me. Was it sudden? It was sudden. He had, so I think he had a heart murmur. I think that's what he initially died from it was a heart attack it wasn't his first one so where uh, where we grew up it was um right near the a beach right near the a bay the bay of fundy so my my grandmother was clam digging and uh the fog rolled in and she didn't know which way was the shore and so she started yelling for help and someone found her and when they got back to the car like my grandfather had the door open and was collapsed mm. and yeah, so I've I witnessed my grandmother blame herself for mm. the death of her husband, and yeah, I don't think uh, my family talks. Well, not my mom anyway. I don't know if she has the coping mechanisms to, you know, kind of. It was, must have been so bad for her too. Like she was very young when her dad died, so we just, I just feel that we never really dealt with all that stuff. And so then as a result of that, did you guys just stay there? Yeah. So we stayed there until I was, um, we moved out when I was 15. Okay. I think. Yeah. And then another sad sad story about death is that's when not too long after my, um, my grandmother found out that she had lung cancer. So she smoked her whole life. And um, 
So yeah, we would each take our turn to um, go take care of my grandmother, each take a turn as in my two aunts, my mom and myself, we would stay in and help take care of her because we had to wheel around with a wheelchair because she had a sore, uh, a sore foot. Mm. But yeah, so when I was not too long after I turned 16 um, is when she passed away. Wow. That's a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of death. Yeah. Yeah. And she had it. So my mom also had um, a sister that passed away. She drowned when she was eight. Um, my mom would have been four. So that was like another looming thing. I think my grandmother must have been uh, depressed and she stayed at home a lot. She didn't go out much, which sounds like me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This is just so, so negative. Ooh, ooh. No, not at all. It's a lot of loss. Um, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's like, in a sense, it's like, I wonder too, and maybe your mom never expressed it. Cause, but like in, in a sense, and I mean, not to mention like, you know, back in the day, a lot of people would have kids that young, but like, yeah. is like a lost childhood in a sense too, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I know I had issues then I had one best friend and she was my whole world. And, um, I know she's going to listen to this, so I just want to tell you, I love you. And, um, so she, um, I would get so jealous when she had other friends and stuff like that, but cause she was my ride or die. And, um, yeah, so I had uh, my codependency. Codependency started very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and think and about it my too. mom. Oh, go sorry. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, and then my mom moved away when I was sixteen. When you were sixteen. Yeah, not too long after my like her mom died. So and where did she go? She went to the to the city, which is like three hours away. So and she who followed did you her. With? your aunt so I stayed with one of my aunts for a little while and then um I would stay at my friend's house a lot and then um I ended up staying the longest at my um my the middle child my aunt my other aunt so and was there a sense of hurt there like what was your how did you feel about that she went for work um so now she followed her crazy ex-boyfriend um wanted to be closer to his kids and um so she just decided yeah I'm just I'll just move with him I the only conversation I remember she asked she just said would you want to move with me to the city and I said no and she said okay (laughs) yeah yeah I wonder what her experience was like not telling anyone for five months that she was pregnant I can't even imagine I can't even imagine um yeah I just think about like the trauma yeah like the trauma on you yeah because of that uh, my mom had a lot of dysfunctional relationships um one of the first uh relationships I remember oh my gosh he one thing is is her boyfriends like loved me a lot so I I was never like abused that way but he was an alcoholic and he would come home and she could tell that he also was using drugs um Mm -hmm. so uh 
shelter she had that type of relationship the one after that I think it was just too nice and then um the relationship where she moved to the city it he was an unmedicated person like he was just too he would have these bouts of rage and just um yeah borderline uh bipolar I don't know he's he just had a lot of issues lots of fighting was there um a consciously as a kid did you feel like your mom chose men over you yes um I yeah I remember an incident where we didn't know where my mom was I was maybe 10 and I was at my aunt's house we tried phoning her um this is when she was single and um then she shows up drunk with this man and um uh she I remember her telling me like you have to come with me or I'll have to go back home with this guy. And I was like, I don't want to mm. fucking go anywhere. Um, I'm staying here. And I had to fuss and pout just so my mom would stay there. Like, anyway, it was just, oh, it was a, it, that's a very bad memory. It was very uncomfortable. I, yeah. So, and of course, I just feel like, well, why did you move to another city when, you know, a lot of things happened? recently uh why didn't you you know think about me and stay but she could barely think of herself Mm -hmm. really at that point so it's not like I don't I have a whole lot less resentment but I do feel that she did choose um relationships over over me yeah and it's it's one thing I think that's part of the problem right is when we have the conscious awareness like I think about it with my parents it's like I understand that they were suffering from alcoholism uh but like just because I have that understanding now that doesn't like fix my inner child yeah do you know if like with your dad like did she want to be in a relationship with him no because he was too nice okay okay (laughs) and I don't know if I'll ever know the truth I I'm not sure if they broke up because they wanted to break up or if it's because her mom wanted that you know Mm -hmm. um yeah for you did it did did your codependency issues mostly show up um in friendships or was it also showing up romantically no it also showed up romantically and I found that out the hard way um so um in high school, of course, I was looking for a lot of attention in the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say my first bottom was when I was 16, and this is after my grandmother died. And um, I'm not sure if my mom had moved away at that point, but like I had the biggest crush on my friend's older brother since I was five. And he, um, he started to show interest in me. And um, so he's four years older. So I'm about 16 it would have been 20 and my friend found us and she stopped talking to me and Mm I I was a walking like zombie for it felt like forever but that was like my first like bottom um but then I I I must I think I was 16 okay yeah I don't think I was 17 yet um yeah, because this is when I was staying over at her house and stuff. 
yeah, so my mom must have moved away by then. Yeah. Yeah, I really felt like I was on my own. And I never learned how to deal with life stuff and oh, my emotions. And anyway, um, but uh, I met my partner. So we've been together for over 21 years. Wow. And he is the best guy ever. Um, so smart and has so much patience that sometimes I just don't understand what he's doing with someone like myself. Um, but when I did go to university, um, I did, I like, I saw this really cute guy and I was like, okay, I want to break up. So we broke up for about two, two and a half years. And let me tell you the whole two and a half years was a total gong show. Um, ended up just having two really, really bad relationships. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I, that's when I realized like, okay, Jean Pascal is the, like, he grounds me so much and I, and I love, I never stopped loving him and, you know, I felt the love from him. So, um, yeah, but I, I know I have codependency tendencies, like, um, cause he works a lot away and when he's away, um, that's kind of when I get into d- depressive modes and I'm see like, I'm seeking that, um, the attention from someone else, you know? Yeah. So what, what occurred that prompted you to join the community? Um, I finally, we finally been trying to start a family. And I got pregnant last September and we were all so excited, but unfortunately in March, um, we had to say goodbye to, to our daughter. So, um, my, all my coping mechanism skills, like I, like I had any, I had none. Um, so I just kind of spiraled out of control and I know I had to do something and finally, um, fixed my issues and that's when I joined not too long after I think I joined at the beginning of August man it feels longer <sighs> yeah. than that whenever people are I feel like oh you've been here for forever <laughs> well really though I felt right at home mm-hmm. and oh my gosh I was such a sad story though when I joined like I remember but the first time I introduced myself I went on a big ramble and it was just sad 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 um no, but I know I, I we all do like that I, I felt so safe though. And it's the first time that I felt okay to express myself and what weird thoughts I'm thinking. So I love yeah. that. And is this your first time, like being part of like a kind of like a support community? Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that. that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I'm so everyone... glad that you felt so comfortable. Um, yeah, thanks. No, it's, everyone's been awesome and you're, you are just, amazing and I love all your podcasts and I just feel like it's helping me cope with with life right now so thank you thank you I feel honored um what so you are taking a break from work you're doing a lot of work on yourself right now girl and it's very evident um what's working um so the biggest things for me is I can I don't stay in my anxious triggered self so long mm-hmm. um and I can catch myself now so 
um, like yesterday, um, I didn't get a text message on time. Um, so I felt like it was just a huge waste of time. Like I ended up driving somewhere and I didn't have to go there. So I kind of exploded a little bit, but then I was able to calm myself down Mm because I know it's not really me. Like it's my, honestly, I thought it's my inner teenager, like saying like, no one values your time and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I was able to catch myself and, you know, instead of lasting a whole day, um, I was able to close that loop in like, you know, 20 20 minutes. Yeah. That's amazing. What else? What, um, I know that you've been, you've been doing some like daily meditations, like what, what other practices have you been doing? I know you've been doing a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going all in. Um, so I really like, I've been having uh, trouble shutting off my brain at night. So I really like doing a sleep meditation. Um, and especially the same ones, cause it's like, I know what to expect. So, mm-hmm. um, it kind of just gets me out of my head and, you know, be a little more, be more thankful about my days. Um, and I feel much more grounded. Um, I'm really loving the, the loving parent. Oh, sorry. The loving loving parent parent. workbook. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as it's difficult, um, after I actually do the share, um, or talk about the exercises in, in a group setting, I feel much better after the fact. Mm. Um, Yeah. So that's been a big help. Um, I try to do some yin yoga too once a week. Um, You know, I I work out that that's helped me um, through the years too. But I, uh, I have to watch out because I get addicted to certain things and it kind of takes over my life. So I'm still dealing with that part. (laughs) Um, yeah. Have you had any conversations with your mom about any of this stuff since starting? Yes. So I I was very reluctant to tell her that I joined like ACA because, you know, it just doesn't sound right. But I did ask her a few things about my childhood, which um, since I got pregnant, I've, I think that's when my resentment with my mom, all those feelings kind of started to decrease. Dissipate. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of times people it would be the opposite. Yeah, no, for some reason, some see the relationship with me and my mom. There'd be at times that I feel like I forget I I had a mom, and I think she forgot mm. she would forget she had a kid. Like mm. one time, someone asked her if she had any kids, and she she says she told me this. She said, "Oh yeah, I have two. I have two dogs." Oh wait, yeah, I have a daughter. Wait, no, I have a daughter. <laughs> yeah wait I have a real living daughter um but yeah so the that's been it's been good and um when everything went down with our daughter Fabienne she was here for seven weeks like she kind of moved in um because uh my partners had some neurological issues too and um so she was basically here to make make sure that we were still alive and she would feed us because we were total messes. So, um, yeah, that's amazing that she was able to show up for you in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I see where my, how my mom matured a lot and, and she's, she's continuing to improve like everybody else. Well, most of us that is trying, you know, we're all trying to be better people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, most of us. 
Um, okay. Three things that you like about yourself, my dear. Oh, um, so I had to write this down because I knew it was going to come up and I have a hard time with that. So I like that I care deeply about the people I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do anything for them. Uh, I also love that I'm strong. I have a pretty good deadlift weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's good. Love that. Yeah. And those are only two things that, oh, well, I also love that I'm, I always want to improve myself. Mm. Hope or dream for the future? My dream is really to build my family. Like, I really would love to find that forever home with lots of land, lots of animals. Um, You know, try not to build a big fortress around me but you know be more inviting uh I always joke with my friends that I want to build like this compound and have my own little community and just invite the people that I really trust and care about <laughs> I think that's totally good that would be awesome and we you know, agree. have like a, a central little theater and with uh farm animals our own garden like I could I could see this but yeah sign me I up. need a little bit more money I, yeah, always, I need a little up. bit more money <laughs> I'll give you my farm. I'll give you my farm. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's been really, I, it always makes me feel so good when I see people join the community and they feel so safe right away. So, um, no, you definitely have that down back. Yeah, no, it really is the biggest thing I could ask for is just, um, that is like the greatest, um, honor when somebody just feels safe, you know? that's all I want. I just want people to feel safe and for them to, I would say not feel weird. I mean, we're fucking weird as shit, but like to be okay Mm with, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it helps that you're so open and transparent. Um, cause you know, it's, we, I think we're a bunch of sensitive people and I, you know, I think we have that in common. We, we care a lot and you know, it's, it could be a good trait that all brought us here together. And, you know, we sent, we sense a good vibe when, when there is one and yeah, we're all vibing. We're all shitting, shitting and vibing. Shitting, shitting and vibing. And vibing. Yeah. <laughs>